Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Impact Life Church to our online service. We are so thrilled and glad again that you came to join us. We're so glad that you allowed us into your living room or wherever you may be watching this morning. We're so glad you do belong here, part of our Impact Life Church family. We're glad that you came. Uh, This morning, we're going to continue on talking about this series that we've been preaching about for the last little while, talking about the revival of the Bible. And again, I want to just remind you and I just take a little, a few minutes just to talk a little bit about again what we've been reiterating and talking about for the last couple of weeks just to catch everybody up again. But this word revival simply means for something to become popular, something to become important and active again in our life. So when we say the word revival of the Bible, what we're saying is is we want the Word of God to become important, we want it to become popular, and we want it to become active again in our lives. And so over the course of these past couple weeks, we've been discussing and talking a lot about the importance of the Word of God in our lives and that we've had to come and make a final decision that the Word of God is our final authority. I'm sure you've been, like just like I've been doing, we've been making this decision on a daily basis. Lord, what does your word have to say about this? Lord, what do you think about this situation? And go to what God says because we are people of the word. And by saying we're people of the word, we're simply saying we're people of Jesus. We are Jesus' people. So if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to look at a couple again, a couple of reasons why we're saying that the making the word of God our final authority is so important and so vital for our lives. Because the first reason again, number one is this, is that we need an absolute authority that you and I, we live by. We need an absolute truth that we live by. Thank God he gave us his word. I'm so grateful we have in our laps truth that we can live by. And this word, it is, if you ever wonder if God's word's going to work, you can know this, that it is a forever word. It's been sealed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus died to make this book a reality in your and my life today. And I'm so thankful that we have that. Because a question we need to really ask ourselves is this, who's calling the shots in your and my life? Who's making the decisions? What's making the decisions? And so this is why we are making this decision that the Word of God is our final authority. So we go to what the Word says to find out how we think, to find out how we should act, to find out what we should say regarding any kind of situation we ever may be facing. And I want to show you this, Psalm 119. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Bible. And look at this here in verse 89 through 96. It says this, Standing firm in the heavens... And fastened to eternity is the word of God. Your faithfulness flows from one generation to the next. All that you created sits firmly in its place to testify of you. By your decree, everything stands at attention for all that you have made serves you. Because your words are my deepest delight, I didn't give up when all else was lost. I can never forget the profound revelations you've taught me, for they have kept me alive more than once. Lord, I'm all yours, and you are my Savior. I have sought to live my life pleasing to you. Even though evil men wait in ambush to kill me, I will set my heart before you to understand more of your ways. I've learned that there is nothing perfect in this imperfect world except your words, for they bring such fantastic freedom into my life. Now again, aren't you so grateful that we have the Word of God? You know, when you make this decision that the Word of God is your absolute truth, that the Word of God is your final authority, because this Word right here that we have on your lap, that you're looking at on the screen, these verses, this is God speaking directly to you. 
This is God's word. And when again, when you make this decision that God's word is my final authority, you know what you've just done? You've made a decision to live a stable and a consistent lifestyle because God's word never changes. Therefore, you and I don't have to be going up and down, kind of a yo-yo Christian. One day you're up when things are great. And when things are down, you're just, oh, everything's bad. I'm so glad that we have the word of God to keep us consistent, that we can experience heaven on this earth. We can do that because the word of God has been given to us. I'm done with living such an up and down emotional lifestyle. So instead, what am I doing? I'm making the decision to let the word of God be my stabilizer in my life. So that was reason number one. Again, reason number two then is because God is working with his word. I'm not going to give you all the scriptures for that. You can go and check back some previous podcasts or listen to these on Facebook again or whatever stream you're watching. But you know, God is working with his word. It actually says, I'll give you one, is Jeremiah 1.12. God is active and he's watching over his word to perform it in your and my life. Now, I'm so glad that God gave us his word, his word. He is looking, watching his word to perform it in my and your life. Thank God for His Word. Oh man, can't you just say that with me? Thank God for His Word. We have the B-I-B-L-E. And it's just not a nice book that, again, that we can get a few tidbits here and there. This is a way of life for us. This is the way, what does God think? This is the way that I think. I'm so thankful that I have this precious Word of God. And so we hold this Word dear to us. So now you've made this decision that God's Word is final authority in your life. The question is, now what? Now, again, so answering that is we have to understand how the Word works in your and my life. How does this Bible, how can we get it off of the pages, and how can we actually see it now working in our everyday life? Well, first, we have to understand how it actually works. And the first way that we understood and we've read, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to spend uh, some time in this part here. But Matthew chapter 13 is uh, the parable of the seed, uh, of the sower and the, and the seed. And uh, in this, you really find out this is a key parable. Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you understand how the kingdom operates. And I think it's crucial that we understand, especially in these last days, while we're in the battle zone, while we're on this earth, we understand how the kingdom of God operates. And we see here, number one, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3. Turn there with me real quick. And it says this, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. So right here, I want to stop there for a moment. But the word of God comes to you and I. How? Yeah, you say it. Come on, say it. Everybody say it with me. The word of God comes in seed form. Not full-blown miracles, then seed form. The miracle you're believing for, the answer that you're looking for, the breakthrough that you've been believing God for comes to you in seed form form. It comes out to you in a small way. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes, it encourages us, don't despise small beginnings. Your healing, a lot of times people go, oh, I want to see my healing take place right now. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's where we're heading. But a lot of times it starts in as a seed, planting the word of God, getting the word of God in you. And now when you plant the word in you, like say, for example, you're believing God for healing. You find in the scriptures that uh, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 states that. So what you do, you plant that word into your heart. You feed that word by you know, spending time meditating on that verse, finding other verses that support this scripture. And what you're doing is you're feeding that. And I want to just read this part to you. Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29, in the New Living, it says, Jesus said this, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. 
Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the, uh, the time of harvest has come. So when I read these verses, I want to just encourage you with this, because a lot of times when you read the promises or the blessings of God, they're there, and yeah, these are amazing. And I want to also just remind you that the word or faith has a process. Don't quit the process. Just because you planted a seed, you know, maybe a few years ago or a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago, don't give up on that seed because the seed has the ability to bring itself to pass. The Word of God has the ability to bring itself to pass. So don't quit. Don't give up on your seed. If you've been standing and believing God for your healing, complete health, don't quit. Keep watering that seed. Keep nurturing that seed. Keep spending time thinking on the Word. Keep spending time putting your eyes on what the Word of God has to say concerning that. Or whatever the case may be for your personal situation, spend time watering that seed and know this, that faith or the Word of God is a process. And it's okay, no matter where you are. It's, it's a process. It takes time, right? Uh, God works, His kingdom works this way. There's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. And in between seed and harvest, there's time. Don't give up. Don't quit. I want to make sure you get that this morning. Do not quit. If you've sown seeds of health or you've sown seeds from the Word of God of you know, seeing peace in your home or seeing joy in your home or seeing your finances being restored, don't quit. The Word of God will not quit. Keep going. Keep standing. Keep believing. Keep speaking what the Word has to say. Don't give up. Man, I want you to look at somebody or even comment in the tabs below. Now, when you comment, then I know that you're saying amen. Just comment. I won't give up. Don't quit. Keep plugging in. I want you to write that in there. Tell somebody in that room next to you. Don't quit. Keep going. Because the moment you quit, you lose. But if you refuse to quit, you win. And that's who we are. We are people that don't quit. Amen? Okay. The second thing I also want to make mention of the Word of God is that how and how it works is that as he scattered them across his field, this is verse 4 of Matthew chapter 13, it says, as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell, and it lists off where it, where it all fell. But what I love about this is that the Word of God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of color skin. He's no respecter of background. He's no respecter of past mistakes or how good you are or how bad you are. He is no respecter of people. No matter what your background was like, no matter what your history states, the Word of God is fair to everybody. It gives everybody an opportunity to plant the Word of God in your and my life. Now, uh, you know, Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter said this, um, Now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism with people, but treats everyone on the same basis. And you know, one of the things that I love in just doing a little bit of study on that, um, God doesn't treat us according to our external looks or our limitations, but according to what lies in our hearts. This is how God works with people. He works with us according to what's happening on the inside, which leads me into my third point about how the Word of God works. The seed goes across into four different types of fields that we see. And these fields now, the soil that's in these fields, determine if the seed works or when the word goes out, the condition of your and my heart determines if the word is going to work in your and my life. 
So it's not all up to God. God, if, if you want this to happen in my life, just make it happen. It's not always up to God. You and I, we have a part to play. There is a God side and there is a man word side. We have to bring our part for the word of God to work in my life. And as we've gone for the last two weeks, especially the first week, we talked about the word that was stolen. And that has to represent somebody that doesn't honor or respect the word of God. Right. Go back two weeks and you can find that on our podcast and everything like that. Last week, we talked about uh, this, the, um, this seed that went into the uh, not deep roots ground. Right? There was rocky, rocky soil. And because that was there, what happened to the word of God? It was scorched Right? because there wasn't deep roots. And we deepen our roots by understanding how much we are loved by God. So the condition of our heart is crucial for you and I experiencing the word of God revealing and manifesting and coming to, into real life in our everyday life. We play a part in that. And it's crucial that we understand this. Okay, now the next one we want to talk about this morning, I want to take some time, is talking about the thorny ground, right? The thorny ground. So look here again, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And in verse 22, you know, Jesus, I mean, verses 4 through 8, Jesus kind of gave a broad description of what happens to this sea when it goes on these different grounds. And the disciples went, Jesus, can you explain this all to us? And so Jesus said, yeah, you know what? Blessed are your eyes, they see. Blessed are your ears, you hear. And so he went further down and he explained more in detail what this parable actually meant. And in verse 22, we pick it up right here. And it says, the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Now, I want you to look at this here again. So notice this, that the seed, where did it fall? It fell among the thorns. It fell among them. So the first thing I want you to notice this here is that the seed that fell into this heart, there was thorns that were already in the heart. There was already these thistles that were already present. So the word of God's going forth, but there's already something happening on the inside. There's already these thorns. And what do these thorns represent? Well, Jesus said specifically two things. He said, number one, so number one is the worries or the cares of this life. And secondly, the lure or the desire for wealth. This here is now what's already in somebody else's heart. So that when the word goes forth, and what's happening on the inside? I'm going to just talk about this one today, about worry. This is a big deal, again, talking about worry. That when the word went out, what was already inside of this person? Worry, concern, fear, uncertainty was already inside of this person's heart. And as we see, because the message was crowded the worries of, by the worries of this life, no fruit was produced. But I want to talk a little bit to you this morning about worry. Worry Basically, worry is sin. There it is. It's, let me just put that out there on the table for you to hear right now. Worry is sin. But let me give you a little definition. Worry simply is, is to give way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Right? You can find that on any dictionary, what, what that is. But now I want to talk about three things about worry. Worry, number one, worry is damaging to your physical health. And before I get into some of this, did you know that you were never created to worry? 
God didn't design you to be a worrier. If you look back in, in creation in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, you can see Adam and Eve, they never had a care or a worry about their lives. They were totally confident and trusted in God to take care of all of their, all of their needs. You were not designed for worry. Come on, say that with me. I am not designed to worry. You're not. People don't know how to worry. And that's why you kind of see like what happens when people take on worry. There is a lot of problems that come their way, right? And one of the main things that we see is worry is damaging to your physical health. First thing here is Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It says, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says this, Anxiety weighs down the heart. So did you know worry, <laughs> when you spend time worrying, you ever heard that phrase that people, they worry themselves sick? It's an absolute true statement. A lot of times, you, I, I just did a little bit of research, even just from a medical standpoint, but worry is the cause of so many different things physically that's going wrong with people, with, from migraine headaches to just problems even not even being able to sleep. It goes on and on. The list was just, there was a whole bunch of things that was basically going, going wrong, and it all stemmed from worry. Worry is not part of our makeup. We were not created to worry. Right? Second thing I want to make mention, but worry is med meditating on the negative. It's simply get setting your mind on what can go wrong. Right? The same way that you can meditate on the Word of God, on the promises of God. Well, worry is simply meditating on the fear side of it. What could go wrong? What, how, how is this going to work out for me? It's, it's fear-based. And worry, you know, Romans chapter 8, verse 6, not going to turn there, but for your own sake. But when you're letting natural things control your mind, it leads to death. When you're so focused on worry, so focusing on what could be, and how all this anxiety comes up, what happens, that's where depression lies. You are not a depressed human being. God never created a depressed human being. God never created a fearful human being. It's not part of our DNA, so we have to stop accepting it in our lives. I'm done with worry. I am not an anxious person. So I want to encourage you, if that's some of those words that have come out of your mouth, that's not who you are. You are not an anxious person. You are not a fearful person. You are not a worrier. Instead, who are you? You are a child of the Most High God, and God loves you. He cares about you. So what am I? I can rest in how good my God is towards me. But letting your natural mind take control over you, it leads to death. And that goes to depression, that goes to anxiety, all the things that people talk about, it leads it to that way. Second thing I want to make mention also with this, I mean, worry is meditating on the negative, but worry, if you just get to the very downright root of it, worry is pride. Worry is you trying to meet your own needs apart from God. And that is how the world operates that is not how the kingdom of God operates. Worry is you focusing on you. How am I going to get? How is this going to pan out for me? How is this going to look in my future? How am I going to handle this situation? It is so focused on you that you're trying to meet your own needs apart from God. And you and I were not created to meet our own needs. There is one source, God our Father. He is our absolute source. And we receive from Him everything we may need in this human life. Now look at this. In Matthew chapter 6, these are very familiar scriptures. But I 
want you not to get familiar with them, but to really hear them and listen to the words of Jesus. Because especially in this day, in this age, there is worry talk. Anytime you turn on the TV or any social media platform, the opportunity for worry and fear comes up instantly. So we have got to guard against this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. It says this, Jesus said, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. If we could just stop it right there. This is a command of Jesus. Am I a worrier? No. We stop worry now. If this is something, I mean, this is probably one of the toughest habits that believers have to break is the worry habit. There's, they get caught up about it. They even, get, they even brag about it. They even feel this. If I don't worry about my kids or if I'm not worrying about a particular situation, it means that I'm not showing I care about my kids or I care about this situation. No, it just means that you're trying to meet your own needs. It's, it's pride. You think that you can take care of a situation better than God can? Think again. All right? But Jesus said right here, I tell you this, do not worry about everyday life. Everyday life. What does your everyday life include? And he, Jesus is telling you and I not to worry about it. He goes on, whether you have enough food um, and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? The answer is, yes, it's worth more than that. Look at the birds. Now, maybe if you're you know, sitting in your living room or wherever you're maybe sitting, look outside. Thank God we're getting close to summer mode here. But look, look at the birds that are flying around right now. Look at them. They don't plant or harvest. They do not store up food in barns. What is that? Could I say? They don't have pantries in their kitchen or in their home where they can, put, they can stock up food. <laughs> Why? Because their heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? Now again, I want you to, if you, if, after this is all done, after the message is done, don't, don't go off yet. But after the service is done, I want you to look at a couple of these birds and I want you to talk to those birds saying, I am more important than you are. And God is taking care of all these birds that we're seeing around. He feeds them, and you are more important to Him than a bird. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you needed to hear that encouragement this day, but you are more important than a bird. Yes, you, a human being, are more important than a bird. <laughs> right? You know, that's something that I do whenever I have an opportunity to walk around and I'm outside. I look at some of those birds, and I just remind myself, and just remember the promises of God, I'm more important than you bird, crow that's flying around getting food. I'm more important than you. Verse 27, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Now answer that question. The answer is no. Verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Now notice 32. These things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your, your, come on, say it with me, my, but your, your, your what? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So what do I do? Instead, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and He will give me everything I need. 
Can you see right here? This is the Father's desire for you and I to give us everything we need to enjoy this life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I believe it's verse 17, it says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy in this life. Your Father desires. He wants you to enjoy this life. That's who He is. But He's not able to get it to you and I when we spend all of our time thinking, how am I going to get this job? What's my future going to look like? What are my finances going to look like? How is my health going to turn out? All of these things come in according to what Jesus said in this parable again. They come in and they choke the Word, leaving us unfruitful. Stop it. Stop the worry. It's not okay to be a worrier, especially if we trust God. If we're putting our faith in Him, it goes to reason that you and I, we live trusting Him. Not, oh, you know what? I don't know if God's able to take care of this. I don't know if God's going to be able to get me a job. Stop it. That's not your job. Your job is to seek His kingdom. Your job is to understand how His kingdom operates, to get it so blessed and thrilled with God that He takes care of your everyday need. This is it. I mean, I can testify for my own life. When I spend time seeking the kingdom of God, all these things that I at one point worried about came to me. Right? I have an amazing wife. My children are a gift to me. The home that I'm living in, the vehicle that I... I'm a blessed person, not just because of material things. Or There's more to it. God cares for me because I spend time seeking His kingdom. And it's the same for you. And as we read again, God is no respecter of persons. If He did it for me, He will do it for you. But you and I have to be doers of this word, not just hearers of this word. Okay? So again, just to reiterate... Worry, what is it? Number one, it's damaging to our physical health. Secondly, worry is meditating on negative things. We refuse to do that. we got to stop that. And thirdly now, worry puts you out of position to hear. It puts you out of position to hear from God. People going, I wonder, how come I'm not hearing God's voice? Could it be that you, are so, you have a heart that's so full of worry, so full of care and anxiety, you can't hear Him? It's not that God's not talking. You, you can't hear. And here's the reason. God doesn't speak fear. God doesn't speak worry. God speaks and He works with His Word. So if the Word's being choked out of our life because of fear, we're not able to properly hear Him. And I want you to look at this. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 8. And I have it in the Passion Bible. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Again, this is a command. God didn't give us a suggestion. And you know, actually, you see in the Bible over and over, Jesus talking to his disciples saying, fear not, fear not, do not fear. Why did you fear? Fear is not okay in the Christian life. We ought to have no fear in us. And if there is fear, well, according to the Word of God, it's because we're not yet perfected in knowing how much God loves us. Because perfect love, it casts out fear. It drives it out. And this is what the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is speaking to you today. Yes, you, sitting where you're sitting, on that couch, on that chair, right? Standing in the kitchen. Right here, he says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. Don't be pulled about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. You know what the Lord said this to me one time? He says, get your care out of your prayer and add thanksgiving. Get your prayer, or sorry, get your care out of your prayer and add thanksgiving. Instead of being worried about everything, thank God for what you have. Thank God for what you know. Because when, you, when you're doing that, you're able to be and live in the light just as He is in the light. We are thankful people.
I thank God for what I have. Thank God that, Lord, you showed me this in your word. I'm so thankful that I have you. So thankful that the Holy Spirit lives in me. You start off that way, and then notice what it says. Uh, Tell them every detail in your life. Verse 7 says, Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. It's a thankful heart that will get the understanding, will get the answers that you need for your everyday life. A thankful heart. One that is carefree in the care of God. God cares about me, so what do I do? I'm just thankful. Lord, thank you for loving me. And as I'm cultivating this heart, what's happening? This attitude of thankfulness. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to work it in there. What's happening? I'm able to hear. The answers come my way. They always do. Verse 8, now here's the key. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. This is when you start cultivating this type of lifestyle. Again, don't just hear this word this morning. I want you to be a doer of it. Be a doer of this. I'm going to be a thankful person and I'm going to set my mind on things that are lovely. Set my mind on things that are true from the Word of God. Set my mind and set my thoughts on every glorious work of God, continually praising Him. Watch what happens. Watch all of a sudden this cares and the anxiety just melt off you. Why? Because you're so focused on who God is and what He's done for you in my life. Now, again, I want to just look at this. Look again, Matthew chapter 13, 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruits produced. So I want to again, I want to identify the problem. What is the problem? The problem is a crowded heart. A crowded heart is the problem. And I know I just, as I'm spending some time just thinking about this a little bit, Just this analogy came to me, and I want you to kind of see it. But the problem is is that you have an open-door policy to your heart. The cares, the worries crowd your heart, which cause you to forget the word that you've heard. This open-door policy, allowing the cares of this life, the worries of this life, to enter into your heart and mind, this is the problem, okay? So now I want you just for this, we got a little skit. I want you just, just to see this skit here for a sec. Now, here you are sitting in your living room and you're spending time in the Word. You're getting God's thoughts about your life. You're getting God's thoughts about your situation. You're just enjoying Him. You're spending time with Him and just, oh, Lord, you're so good. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that you are for me. And since you gave me Jesus, you give me everything. Right? You're just spending time really enjoying God. And you're seeking. You say, Lord, I seek first the kingdom of God. And you said that all these things would be added unto me. And you're just enjoying the presence of God as you're, you're standing there. You're worshiping. Now it says all too quickly. Now as you look at situations or you look at problems or all of a sudden you flip on Instagram or you flip on YouTube or you flip on the news. And what happens? The problems around you and that you, because you have an open door policy... The devil will see to it that these crazy thoughts and this fear comes in. Oh, there's anxiety. Hey, anxiety, 
Hey, worry. Hey, depression. Come on in, anger. <laughs> I'm so fearful. Come on in, fearful. Why don't you just grab, grab a seat? Come on in, sickness thoughts. Come on in. I'm not going to make it financially. Come on in. I'm not sure how I'm going to, you know, make this all these ends, these, these ties made up. I don't know how this future is going to look. I don't know how my boss is going to take this. I don't know how I'm going to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Why don't you come on in? Come on in. Come on in. The problem is, is you have an, uh, a open door policy in your life. Any kind of thought, any kind of news that you've just brought it all in and you've just allowed it to come in. And so the result is now that you're living in clutter, your mind is so crowded with worry and uncertainty. Now you're living in confusion and captivity. You are, instead of being moved by what the Word of God has to say, you are now being moved by your feelings. And feelings were never designed to cause you to act. Your feelings were never designed to lead you. The Word of God was here to lead you and I, not our feelings. Feelings are a great caboose. They are not a good front train, right? They're not a good engine. So you know, what happens is I can't, you know, I don't know if it happened to you, but I can't even remember a verse when I'm in this state. I'm so full of care and worry that I'm not positioned to hear the voice of God. So all of a sudden I'm surrounded by all these different things. So what do I do? Here's the thing. Stop the open door policy. Stop it. Stop the open door policy. No more soliciting. You got to put that sign up. I'm not buying what you're selling to me. I'm done. I'm not going to take thought about this anxiety. I'm not, I refuse to fear. Worry, get out of here. Anxiety, get out of here. Depression, get out of here. Anger, get out of here. Get out of here of fear of sickness. Get out of here, COVID-19. Get out of here, all these thoughts of failing. Not going to be able to make it financially. Just get on out. Get out of here because a crowded heart is the enemy of a fruitful life. Get on out. I'm not taking these things in my heart. I'm not going to allow these things in my mind. I'm no longer having an open door policy. So again, so what do I do? I stop it. No more open door policy. And secondly, anytime these opportunities for fear, because listen, these thoughts come. Everybody has to deal with these thoughts, but you have to make a choice what you're going to do with them. And here's what God told you and I to do with them. Cast your care on him. Cast the whole of your care over on him. Look at this, 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Passion Bible. It says this, pour out all of your worries all of your stress upon him and notice this and leave them there. Leave it there. Why? Because when you leave your care and anxiety with him, he takes care of it for you. That's his desire. That's the father's heart. He never designed you and I to be people full of care and full of worry. Instead, he wanted us to enjoy. Actually, Matthew chapter 11, you see that. This is the Father's heart. This is the life of Jesus, light and easy. Let me just turn there for a sec. Matthew chapter 11, and it says this. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus' will for your life. This is our Father's will for our life, that we live and enjoy rest. This is what he desires. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. 
Man, this just stirs me up because this world that we're living in, there is so much care. There is so much fear, so much anxiety. And the will of God is for you and I, His kids, His children, to live how? Light and easy. This is what I want my testimony of my life. When people ask, Joel, how are things going for you? What's been going on? Instead of the word, oh, you know, things are just busy. No, I'm living light and I'm living easy. This is what God designed for us to be. This is how we ought to live. Let me finish this verse in 1 Peter 5, 7. Pour out all of your worries. So what do you do? You're talking to him about them. Lord, this is concerning to me. My children, my future, my job, my finances. My, these, may, these are things that are coming to me, God, but I'm pouring them out to you. I'm pouring out my stress upon you, and I'm leaving it there. Why? Because he always tenderly cares for you. Man, those verses just touched me so deeply. He cares about me. The Amplified Bible says this because He watchfully cares about me. God's eye is on you this morning. I want you to hear this from the bottom of the Father's heart. He cares about you. Every little detail of your life, according to what we see in the Word, Psalm 139, every day was already marked out before a single day was even passed that I lived in. He knows my days and He desires, and His will for me is to live light and easy. So rather than me trying to figure out, how am I going to make this work? How is this going to work? I'm going to go to my Father and say, Lord, you already know what I have need of. What do I need? That's been my prayer. That's been the change that's happening in me. Rather than trying to have all, you know, see all the fights that are going on, all this crazy junk that the enemy's stirring up. Instead of trying, getting involved in that and losing my peace and getting angry and all of a sudden this anxiety is coming up, I'm just spending time and say, Lord, what do I need? What do, you, what do you see for me? What do I have need of? And how can I be a blessing to somebody else? And just watch everything just change. This is who we are. We are kingdom folk. And God can't use a person who is all tied up in anxiety, all tied up in worry and stress. He can't. It's not that he doesn't want to. He can't. Why? Because we're so caught up in trying to figure out and how to maintain life for our own selves. Cast it over on Him because He cares about you. I want to just pray with you this morning. I know this, that you have a Father that loves you. You have Jesus that came and died for you. It says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, that God, He did not withhold His own Son, but He freely gave Him up for us all. Will He not, with Jesus, freely and graciously give us all other things? Man, it's our Father's desire to give us the kingdom. You have so much already because you are God's kid. Now, I want to just encourage you right now. We have to deal with fear. We have to deal with anxiety. So right now, I want today, June the 7th, I want today to be a day where you put a war against anxiety. You put a war against um, just uneasiness or stress or worry. I'm, I'm having a war with worry. I refuse to worry. I will not worry. I will not fret. I will not be anxious about anything in my life. Why? Because my God cares about me and he cares about you. So what I want you to do just right now in your home, I want you just to take, you know, just, you know, kind of hypothetically speaking, put these cares just in your hand, these worries. Lord, maybe it's my kids or it's my finances or it's an uncertainty of a job or, or it's my health, what, regardless of what it is. Maybe it's a relationship that's broken. Lord, these are my cares and my concerns, and I want you today, we're going to pour them over on God, and we're going to leave them there once and for all. 
So Father, right now, Lord, everybody that has their hands stretched out, every home that is watching, every person that is watching, under the sound of my voice, Father, we come to you because you are our wonderful dad. You are our Abba, Father, and you care for us. Lord, right now, here are our concerns. Here are our worries. Here is what's been troubling us. And Father, we're just going to be doers of what you said in your word, to cast all of our concerns, to pour out all of our worries over on you. And Lord, we're going to leave them there. I give you my children. I give you my marriage. I give you my finances. I give you my health. I give you these relationships. Lord, I I pass it over to you once and for all because you care about me. And instead, I'm going to fill my thoughts. I'm going to fill my mind with things that are lovely, things that are true about you, about what you've promised me, about what your word has already said. Now, right now, just lift up your hands for a moment. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Lord, there's chaos in the world around us, but you already knew this day was coming. You already knew all about this. But Father, we rest right now knowing that you care about us. We give you praise. Jesus, we honor you. We love you this very day. And Father, I just speak blessing over every home, over every individual that's watching this in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God to you. I speak the blessing of God over you, over your home, over your families in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome, everyone. Again, thank you so much for joining us. You are now, you are a carefree person. So enjoy your day. Enjoy this week thinking on things and setting your mind on things that are above. Thinking on all the good things that God has in store for you. We love you and we will continue to see you throughout the week.